You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. As Sam mentioned, November is Compassion Month here at Vineyard Church. It is a time every year that we focus on God's heart for the poor. That doesn't mean we ignore God's heart for the poor the rest of the 11 months uh, of the year. We focus in November on this. And we're continuing our look in Proverbs. We've been in the book of Proverbs, the wisdom literature that we find in the Old Testament since September. And we're continuing through most of November. And the wisdom book of Proverbs makes it incredibly clear that concern for the poor Uh, and care for them are essential parts of living wisely. Uh, Our theme for Compassion Month is from Proverbs. It's Proverbs 29.7. The writer says, The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concerns. One of the things that I love about Proverbs is just how incredibly practical it is. It's so practical. It's not about throwing out a bunch of grandiose ideas and ideologies. It is about, you know, just really the the rubber to the road kind of thing. It's about how does this play out in our day-to-day lives. And it gives us real specifics on how we are to care for the poor, just like this one uh, that we want to talk about today from Proverbs 22, 9. It says this, the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. And Vineyard Church of Augusta, you guys have done an amazing job in 2023 in doing this. Hopefully you picked up a a compassion brochure this morning uh, when you came in. Um, We had uh, some handed out. This is an overview of how all of our uh, compassion expenditures, how they were broken down, some highlights from the year. And you will notice that more than half of our expenditures went to feeding the poor. Uh, We're going to talk about how God has used us and given us the opportunity to serve the poor, particularly uh, by sharing our food as we also share the good news of the kingdom and we offer prayer in Jesus' name throughout the year. Now, if you were to look at the whole of scripture, you will find that food is a really big deal in the story of God. Uh, Interestingly enough, there's something deeply profound and mysterious about the role that food plays throughout the Bible. Um, and it, right from the beginning, right from the, the Genesis story, the Garden of Eden, God's first command and his first prohibition to humanity are, eat from all these trees, but don't eat from this one. And then, of course, we know what goes wrong in Genesis 3, uh, that food again, center stage, Adam and Eve choose to eat what God had instructed them not to eat, This resulted in curses that we read about in Genesis chapter 3. To Adam, God said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree which I commanded you, you must not eat from. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. In other words, he's saying acquiring food, eating, and having enough food to eat is going to be a struggle. And this is a reminder, as I mentioned last week, that poverty, 
Poverty is a byproduct of the kingdom of darkness, and along with it, uh, the resulting hunger and food insecurity. Um, Just one stat, according to the United States Department of Agriculture, in 2022, this most prosperous nation on the the earth, that there were 12.8% of U.S. households who were food insecure, at least at some point during the year, meaning that they had difficulty providing enough food for all the members of their families because of a lack of resources. And locally in Georgia, that percentage was 10%. In South Carolina, 12.5%. So going back to scripture, according to the Old Testament, uh, we see this food story, this food narrative continuing in Exodus. Of course, uh, Exodus has the story of God's people in slavery in Egypt. God's story of deliverance from them included a very specific meal, instructions, very specific instructions for the Passover meal. Uh, with both its sustenance that would uh, give them strength for the journey ahead, but it was also packed with powerful imagery uh, pointing to humanity's ultimate deliverance in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Of course, after Israel was set free from Egyptian captivity, God miraculously provided for them when they were in the wilderness, complaining about not having enough to eat. He gave them this bread-like substance, manna, and gave them quail. Uh, And then God gave his people the law. And interestingly enough, in the law, there are very specific dietary guidelines, and again, on what should be eaten and what should not be eaten. The sacrificial worship system is also given. And guess what is involved with that? Sacrifices of food. And God's instruction on worship was an invitation to really initiate a meal both with God and also with his community. Now, jumping ahead to the New Testament, this continues with Jesus himself. We find Jesus eating everywhere he goes with all kinds of different people. Uh, When a crowd of more than 5,000 follow him to a remote place, Jesus is concerned about what they're going to eat, and he feeds them uh, as he teaches them. He does it with just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And he tells a story about how everything is going to end up, and it's this beautiful picture of a banquet that he's inviting everyone to be part of. Jesus constantly eats with the quote-unquote wrong people, at least according to the standards of the religious people of that day, because to eat with someone was to accept them and to fully receive them. Even after Jesus' death and his resurrection, food is still in the picture. When the disciples, they're walking to Emmaus and they've heard of Jesus' resurrection and, and, and not until they encountered the resurrected Jesus at a meal did they recognize who he was and they, uh, they all sit down to eat. So Jesus and food, they go together like bread and wine, which of course is the ultimate story of Jesus and, and the idea of, of, of eating and food. And the Passover meal that Jesus shares with his disciples right before his crucifixion, he serves all of his disciples, including the ones who would betray him and the one who would deny him. The death and resurrection could have happened at any time, but it gets tethered to this wonderful Passover story, and there's a reason for that, the Passover story and the Passover meal. Throughout the centuries, the church, 
remembers, it gives thanks, it receives the bread and the wine representing the body and the blood of Jesus given for us. And we celebrate that here at Vineyard Church as well. Now going to the very end of the story, uh, in Revelation we come and we see a lot of really uh, wild and, and technicolor things happening throughout Revelation, but the most significant thing is where it all lands in epic feast, Revelation 19.7. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to God, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. The Bible begins with two trees, and it ends around a banqueting table. It's like the ultimate garden-to-table experience, isn't it? It really is. So, yeah. Um, this morning, we have a lot to celebrate in the way God has used Vineyard Church of Augusta, our giving farm, and our food outreaches this year. And I want to bring up our outreach pastor, Mary Margaret Leroy. Uh, she... She and her team oversee uh, our storehouse food pantry and also the other outreaches coming up, as Sam mentioned to you, our Thanksgiving outreach. Uh, the two outreaches that we have, a lot of really wonderful things that have happened this year. Um, in the brochure, Mary Margaret, there are some pretty amazing statistics about the numbers of people that we've been able to serve this year with, food, uh, with our food pantry. Tell us, um, tell us about those, uh, those numbers and go over those with us. Okay, so we have, last year, we were still doing our uh, contact-free uh, drive-through food pantry that we had adapted to get us through COVID so that we could stay open. And everything was toodling along pretty well, but we knew that we were called to be a choice pantry. And uh, that was going to be a big step for us. I remember last November when I spoke during Compassion Month, I told you guys, hey, we're going to be a you know, choice pantry. And we all cheered and screamed, and none of us really knew what that meant. <laughs> Chiefly me. I thought I did, but I didn't. Um, and what it did mean was it opened the door for really God's kingdom. Yes, I have my tissues ready. Um, it, we were going to need two or three times as many volunteers, and most of the time we get that, and we were able to serve. It used to, like, we would shut the pantry at 40 families. Now 40 families, it's just like, we're just getting started. Um, it is so common for each day. Well, and we're getting, remember, we're only open three hours. It's an hour and a half on Monday morning and an hour and a half on Monday evening. And it is so common for us to serve, um, f this past Monday, over 400 people yeah. in that period of time. And if you look, and we've also restricted the amount of times that people can come to the pantry. Last year, it was like, oh, you can come every week. This year, just in order to maintain some kind of inventory and, and people and that kind of deal, we said, you can come two times a month. We don't, it doesn't matter what two times. So these are like real numbers. They are not just like the same people coming every single week. But it's really important that you look at this brochure because the, you just, you can't, fuss with the numbers. Um, we fed 3,581 families this year. That's year to date, yeah. Yeah, so to date. We still have two months to go, and that is, that's almost 10,000 individuals. So that's just, yeah. that's amazing. And like Sam mentioned in our, um, in plugs today, this coming Saturday, we're putting together 199 boxes. Last year, it was 170. Um, and we've typically give, around, give out around 600 of the meat, hot meals on Thanksgiving Day. This year, we're up to 650. So, so yeah, and you noticed, I mean, we spent a, I mean, 
over $87,000 on feeding the poor this year. That's, pretty, that's more than our compassion offering has been in totality in years past. And God has provided. We, uh, the food pantry has been affected just like everybody else. Anybody notice we have higher food prices? Yeah, uh, that's affected the food pantry. It's affected Golden Harvest where we get a lot of our food. Uh, we are so thankful that we continue to have a wonderful partnership with Walmart Market on Fury's Ferry. Uh, they have been wonderful partners to us, giving us food donations and Publix. We so greatly appreciate that. But this cost also re- reflects the fact that we shifted to a choice pantry. And if you haven't been, we're basically setting up a makeshift grocery store every Monday in our cafe. So I think we've got some pictures to show that. Um, we, we've got shelving. We've got, uh, re- we bought some new refrigerators, some glass front freezers to be able to... I can to... walk everybody through it. Why don't you do that for us? <laughs> so from the time that uh, a client comes in, when we open the doors, a wonderful greeter smiles and really greets them. Thank- we're so glad you're here and gives them a number and ushers them into our waiting area where there's coffee, tea, spa water, and there's great music playing, and their number is called... Oh, and we just had a great innovation two weeks ago. Rodney Santiago built an app for us. Woo! The Rodney. If you know, you know. I mean, <laughs> we were able to... We knew we were wasting time or losing time, and this has made us be able to serve 70, up to upwards of 75 families and still be finished five minutes before the time is done. That is miraculous. And so uh, your number is called, and then you come to one of our four intake stations where there are wonderful people there who offer you prayer if you want it. Um, they t- just make sure your information's okay, make sure you're doing okay. And here's the beautiful thing about when you're serving on intake, and I get to do that from time to time. Almost every time it's like, you just offer prayer. It's not in any way, shape, form a requirement. But Almost every time I go, would you like prayer? And before I finish the sentence, they're reaching across the table to take my hands. So everybody, that's going back to like, it's almost 10,000 people that we've gotten to pray for. So that's just amazing. Um, And then we have awesome shopping carts. We have 15 of those bad boys. And we we did purchase them. And they, yeah, so we purchased those. We purchased a a display freezer. But when you walk in, you you give desserts and breads. And then uh, the toiletry area, the grain area. And then Reese mentioned our storehouse. There's a whole section of uh, fresh vegetables. And this past year, the storehouse produced, and this is year to date. What? Giving Giving farm, farm, sorry. Uh, year to date, over a thousand pounds of food. Yeah. And so, just the conversations and interactions you go around, and you get canned food, and you've got meat. Meat is something that most pantries do not have, and we really attribute that. That comes from our Walmart Market um, pantry. But a couple other little um, ways that we're getting fresh fruits and vegetables, LLU Community is now giving us their surplus. The urban farmer with um, Golden Harvest is now giving us their surplus. So it's just been Great amazing, stuff. but the conversations that you have, wherever you are, I mean, there is so much joy. There is so much peace. Can I go ahead and talk about that part? Uh, let's let's hold okay. up on that. Right. Let's hold up on that. Let's uh, let's. One of the cool things we've seen happen through the years is how people that we serve in the food pantry become people that then become volunteers and begin people begin serving people. And this is one such story that we want to share with you. Nobody knows the needs that people have. 
And with me, I have made, I'm on a fixed income. I have just enough, but I have my grandkids. And Vine, y'all have been a blessing. So when my grandkids come, I don't have to worry about do I have enough to feed them or even the sweet stuff, because I can't afford to do that. So it is a blessing to me. And besides me of being a blessing, um, when I see other people remind me, I'm just like them. Everybody have different needs and we try to help, but we haven't. We want to be a blessing. As we get blessed, we're going to bless others. And when they tell you what they need and we got it, oh man, that's awesome. You can see the smiles on their face. Like, this is just what I needed. So not only do we give physical food, we have spiritual cards, and then we pray. You don't know if a person have not don't know God, but that the time that they, that they listen to a prayer, they give them hope. I think this is awesome here because I'm constantly saying, Lord, thank you for this praise, you know? And I'm able to express the thankfulness that I receive. You know, sometimes giving back don't mean just money, but I'm giving my time and I'm showing the heart, my heart, what God has showed me through y'all to give to other people. Uh, Yeah, big thanks to Mr. Tim Barrett for putting that together for us, as he does so eloquently each time. So thank you, Tim. Yeah, so let's talk about the atmosphere, because that, that's a big deal for us in terms of, and, and a lot of the experience. What, what, and how does that tie in with the choice pantry aspect of things? Okay, again, with the choice pantry, there are lots of reasons. If you just like Google, why would somebody do a choice pantry? It has to do with health. It has to do with uh, stopping food waste. But for us, the biggest thing is dignity. Because if there's no choice, there's no dignity. And we value people. These banners love Jesus and do his ministry everywhere. Jesus valued every person he came in contact with. Everyone, every ministry, every miracle he valued. And so that is all of our volunteers. I don't care, like, again, if they're being the one giving out the cards, if they're being the one doing canned food. I mean, you can just, it just sings. Um, they they show, just show value, show kindness. They see the people that they're serving. Um, just a couple weeks ago, it was funny, in staff meeting, Don always takes care of, like, you know, with the carts, helping people get out. And he goes, yeah, this guy told me, it's like, there's so much peace here. And that morning, I, I do the vegetables a lot lately. In fact, somebody called me the vegetable lady the other day. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but she, he would say it was his first time at the pantry, and he was waiting to go to the next section. And he goes, there's so much peace in here. He goes, I go to other pantries, and it's just not like that here. There's conversation there. And again, since I get to be in the vegetable area, we talk about recipes and how to cook things. And it's, and they share, I never knew you could do fried red tomatoes, but now I know how to do that. Um, but it is, it is uh, our first night that we were opened, um, we were just, I had gotten kind of lost in all the details, you know, and we were um, at the end and somebody was leaving and I was thanking this lady for coming and she said, oh, this was fun. I'm like, fun? You're at a food pantry. How's this fun? Because I was just thinking of all the things that we had to do to get it to that point. And the next morning, I was talking to Cheryl Jones, who's on our board and handles all of our IT stuff for the, for the pantry. And I said, yeah, she said that. And she goes, Mary Margaret, don't you understand? This woman got to shop. She didn't have to be concerned about if her, I hate crying, <clears throat> if her EBT card would cover things. She didn't have to care and be concerned if she had enough money to pay for the things in her cart. She did have fun. She got to shop. 
Um, that next week, there was a grandpa and a, their 10, 11-year-old kid, or grandchild with them. And I'd seen them kind of around. And again, I was at that point, hey, bye, thank you so much for coming. And the, the 11-year-old child looked at the grandpa and said, how often do you come here? And he goes, well, probably once a month. He goes, I want to come again. This was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, from the mouths of bays. So it, is, it really is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus came to bring life to the full. Um, his ministry was to the whole person. And, and we talk a lot about the kingdom of God here. And we, that's the focus of our ministry and, and doing the ministry of Jesus. That was the main thing he, he taught about and, and demonstrated. And just a reminder from Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I got to tell you, uh, we are able to, to let that happen and let people experience that through the service and the provision uh, that you guys have been able to uh, allow ha- to happen. And many of you serve in that area. We've had such a tremendous uh, response in terms of volunteers because we had to have uh, double, if not triple, the number of volunteers to make the, the uh, Choice Pantry work. And don't worry, there's room for you. <laughs> We typically have about 14 volunteers per shift, and we would be cooking with gas if we had 20. I will never turn away a volunteer. Rod will never turn away a volunteer. You don't have to sign up, although you can. There's just, yeah, you always have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus there. Yeah, one of the things we're looking forward to in 2024 is, is actually expanding this whole notion of serving the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Already, whenever there are connections that we can make and resources that we can point people to, we do that. Uh, but we're going to take that up a notch. And we've got someone we want to introduce to you this morning. Uh, Brittany Hutto is the executive director of a really cool project that we told you about before called Project Refresh. Brittany, come on up. Let's welcome Brittany. Thank you so much for being here today, and tell us what Project Refresh is. Well, first of all, that was beautiful. You didn't make me cry this morning. <laughs> um, y'all are my people. Your heart, your heart behind this is beautiful. But um, Project Refresh started in 2020. We are a mobile shower unit. Um, it's an 18-foot trailer that you see right there. The stall that you see is actually our handicap-accessible stall. Um, we had this custom built after we did some research and studied our demographic out. But essentially, it's a full shower, um, full toilet. It's got a toilet, a sink, and a shower. It's heated, has air conditioner, hot water, cold water, tankless water heater. And we take this to various parts of Augusta CSRA, and we provide showers to those neighbors of ours that are living on the streets in Augusta. Yeah, and we, if you've been the least bit conscious of, of news in the Augusta area, you know that there has been an increase of, of homelessness activity at the I-20 Washington Road corridor in this entire area. And so we're looking forward to hosting Project Refresh. We've got you guys coming the Monday after Thanksgiving and the first Monday in December. What's that going to look like, Brittany? Well, Before we go there, I do want to say that we have been praying as an organization for about a year and a half now, trying to get over this area. Um, We're primarily downtown right now, just because we are very careful about who we partner with. Um, We call it radical hospitality. Um, Our heart is also to restore dignity to those living on the street. Um, But whenever you guys, whenever we partner with you, basically we're going to set up right out here in front, and we'll have our shower stations. We have two showers in each in each in our trailer. And we have a clothing station, a hygiene station, 
and then we have a tent set up with waters, coffee when it's cold, things like that. And we bring our guests in, we do a check-in, kind of similar to probably how you do it in the food pantry. We do a check-in, and then we do warm handoffs. So we're big on knowing people's names. And we walk with them, we talk with them, and get to know them that way. And then we will walk them back to our um, tent, tent area, and then one of our volunteers will call and by our volunteers, I mean one of you guys, will call um, our guest up by name, and you will allow them to choose what items they want. Again, kind of that choice. We want them to feel like they're taking a part in this experience. Um, we'll allow them to come through, pick items. We have hair conditioner, um, shampoo, soaps, deodorant. We have razors and things like that. We do take those back just for safety reasons. Um, bug spray, chapsticks, all those sorts of things. And then from there, they'll get clothes. So we give, in the wintertime, we give out sweatpants, sweatshirts, um, beanies, gloves, hand warmers, socks, and then always give out clean underwear and sports bras and things like that if we have them available. And then in the winter, we give out sweatpants and sweatshirts. In the summer, we do shorts and t-shirts. Awesome. We are looking forward to partnering uh, with you guys, and I, you guys—you may remember Project Refresh. Uh, they were one of our recipients for our generosity fund in 2022. So we're really thrilled to now take this partnership up a notch. And uh, so, what uh, for people who? How are we going to do uh, volunteer opportunities for Project Refresh? Um, so I will get with you and send you a list, but I'm going to hang around after service today. If anybody has any questions, come find me. If you'll give me your name, your email address, I will happily um, send you out an email this week. I'll connect you with our volunteer coordinator. Her name's Carolyn, and then we'll go from there. But um, I will send out a, I'll send out a sign-out sheet, awesome. and that'll be an easy way to do that. Brittany, we'll have you right over there at that, uh, that card over there next to the wall after the service is over. I'm going to be over there after the service is over. <laughs> Brittany, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Blessings to you and to Project Refresh. Another expansion that we are going to have, another partnership that we are going to be uh, joining with is the East Central Georgia Health Department for District Number 6. That's the CSRA. And so what they're going to be doing is sending out their WIC teams to help our clients sign up for WIC uh, benefits. A lot of people, it's a, a, anyway, it's completely underutilized, so we'll be able to do that. They're also going to be providing from time to time mobile clinics for our food pantry clients. So a lot of really, really good stuff coming. The question we want to leave you with today, two questions. What is God inviting us as a church and us individually, what is he inviting us into? First thing is, Mayor Margaret's going to share with us. Okay, he is inviting us into sharing and serving with kindness, with kindness, prepositions are important, with kindness and without judgment. You know, Reese has talked a lot about, you know, the different reasons for poverty. One of the biggest reasons for poverty is your zip code. Do you know that your zip code has a higher impact on your life expectancy than your genetic code does? In your zip code, that determines um, your ability to have transportation, access to healthy food, access to medical care, access to education, access to jobs. People come, they need food. And we don't know what they're carrying, and it's not up to us to decide who, who has and, who, and it's just not. Jesus never did that. He, in fact, he emphatically tells us not to judge. 
And Matthew 25, 34 through 40 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And where do we see you as a stranger? And, or, and we invited you in and needed clothes, and we clothed you. When were you sick and were in prison, and we visited you? And the king will reply, truly, whenever you did this for one of the least of these. Brothers and sisters of mine, do you see the king is calling these people his brothers and sisters? You did it for me. Yeah. Proverbs says, it is a sin to despise one's neighbor. But blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. And it really doesn't matter why they are here. Uh, we've had volunteers that say, man, uh, people are driving up in cars nicer than mine. It's like, maybe they just lost their job. Maybe they overextended themselves. Maybe they made some poor choices. Or maybe, you, you just never know, circumstances. And again, that's not God's word to us to serve and care for the poor does not come with the conditions of, okay, you need to find out their backstory and make a determination whether or not they're worthy of your care. There's no criteria. Yeah. So God, you know, if you would have told me earlier this year, uh, we're going to spend $87,000 on just feeding the poor. I was like, we don't have that money. (laughs) And, uh, and yet God has provided and he continues to provide as we are faithful. And I, and I see this in my own life, and I see this in the life of our church, that this is much about us. If this is as much, as much about us as it is about the opportunity to serve, because serving the poor is part of God's formational work in each one of us. I mentioned last week a, a quote from the late John Wimber, the, the, the leader of the vineyard, who says, the, we need the poor to help us work out our salvation, and the poor need us. And it's so true. Um, Proverbs 25, 21 says, if your enemy, if your enemy, the one who opposes you is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And we see this modeled in Jesus, again, serving the very ones who would deny him, the ones who would betray him. But as we do this, we get to experience the blessing of the Lord and obedience. And I remind you, again, the promise of, of God given to his people in Isaiah 58, that if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. God invites us to serve the poor with kindness and without judgment. He also invites us this morning to trust him for provision, to trust him for for provision. Um, God has an amazing track record of, of showing up and showing out, whether it is manna and quail to the Israelites in the wilderness uh, or whether it is Jesus providing uh, fish and a fish dinner for, uh, for thousands of families that he's teaching. God always blesses obedience. And if you are part of Vineyard Church of Augusta family, this is what we are asking for in terms of a sacrificial gift for our Compassion Fund offering, which we're going to receive next Sunday. Um, we are asking for 100% participation. Uh, we're not asking, we're not seeking a particular amount. 
We just want you to ask God what he would have you give over and above your regular tithes and offerings, and then just be obedient to that because God always blesses obedience. Remember, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. God provides. Maybe you are in need. Maybe you are in need. Let me stress the fact that Vineyard Church of Augusta Storehouse Food Pantry is available to you as well. Um, and, and we just want to keep this going. We look forward to all the ways that God's going to use this ministry and bless it uh, in the year ahead. We, we've got our Thanksgiving outreaches. I hope you're planning to serve. We'd love to serve. These are family-friendly opportunities to come and serve this, sun, this Saturday morning and next Wednesday and next Thursday of the Thanksgiving week. So um, yeah, some really, really good stuff. And through your generosity of time and resources, you've made all of these things happen to the glory of God. All right, let's stand together. Worship team, if you guys want to come. Let me pray. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all the ways that you have touched lives and hearts the ways that you've fed the hungry. God, all the ways that you've used these, these, these ministries. Thank you, Lord, for the, the folks who serve week after week after week. Thank you for those who give their time and energy, their resources. But God, it's, it's, it's for you, and we just thank you. We give you honor and glory, and we thank you for your amazing provision. You have provided so wonderfully, and we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that we would trust you, trust you in all the things that you are leading us into, whether it's a decision to serve or a decision to give, maybe give extravagantly, how we just we give our hearts to you. We open our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you that as we worship, that you do your your transforming work by the power of your spirit that we welcome with our worship. Come and bring your deposits of compassion and place them in our hearts. Change our hearts, Lord. Do your, your formational work in us. We love you and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name.